0: Welcome back to the Rain in Your Herd podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode where we will teach you how to harness the power of the internet to grow your online herd. I'm Laura.
1: And I'm April. We can't wait to watch your business grow when you implement what you learn from the podcast. Whether you own a stable or a boarding facility, offer riding lessons and horse training, or are building an online membership for equine education, these tips can help you get more clients.
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. If you share your business name in your review, you just might hear it in a future episode. All right, so we are ending the year with episode 12 of Rain in Your Herd. And today we're super excited to sit down with Lacey from Dark Horse Yoga Studio. Um, Right now, it's mid-October, and I just purchased her program, Effective Stretching for Horse and Rider. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing... MJ and I get a lot more balanced when we learn to stretch out and identify problem spots before we ride.
1: Well, welcome, Lacey, to the podcast. Can you tell us the story behind Dark Horse Yoga Studio, the journey that led you to stand, starting a yoga program for horses? Oh, thank you. Um,
2: glad to be here. And so I grew up with horses riding and competing. And then um, at 17, I wanted to be a horse massage therapist, but it wasn't really a thing and then fast forward five years later, I was getting out of the Marine Corps and I joined and I drove up to Virginia and did the only real horse massage program. Then ended up in New Mexico training horses and realized that one of the mares I'd been the only rider on had a high left hip and it clicked because my left hip bothered mm-hmm. me and I carried it high and that I had effectively transferred that to my horse. I was riding and From there, I ended up in human massage school and studying movement and working with athletes, and then I became a yoga teacher, got more into working out, and I realized the better I got off my horse physically, mentally, the stronger I got, the more balanced I got, the less I had to rely rely on like hanging in their mouth or my legs, and the better I got on the saddle or in the saddle, and the better my horses moved, and the better we performed either on the trail in the arena or whatever. And so then in the yoga world, I didn't really fit in to the typical yoga type because like working with horses is kind of my yoga, but I did Mm -hmm. yoga to make what I do better. So I had a little bit of a different spin on it. And then the way I work with everybody, whether it's a horse or a person is it's not really a one size fits all solution. It's very much an individualized approach And one day I was running, debating on what in the world was I going to call the newest iteration of my business. And it just hit that it was Dark Horse because you always bet on the Dark Horse and the Dark Horse is always the odd one out. And then it turned into like I found there was a book about Dark Horse theory where it's more individualized over the industrialized stuff. So I went down that rabbit hole gladly and it kind of conveys my approach and also brings the horses into it because. I can't not talk about horse things. So that was kind of how that ended up. And then I decided to bring everything together with the yoga for the riders, stretching for the horse and how to make it work together cohesively when the horse or when the rider gets on the horse, because that's left out of a lot of programs. Like you work on the horse, you work on the rider, but what happens when you put the person on the
1: horse that has to work too. I love that. I love that a lot. I was actually reading uh, Charlotte Desjardins, um her book, and they actually talked about a lot about that. And like her saddle maker would say, hey, you're sitting really deep on this side of the saddle. And then she'd work with, uh, she'd do, she did a lot of yoga and working out too, but then she'd work with trying to fix her hip and then she see how it affected the horse. So I thought that really neat that you did that. And that's really cool that you went down the a rabbit hole with that
2: (laughs) oh I go down all kinds of rabbit holes all the time it's fun I get some of my best ideas when I'm (laughs) start with one thing and I end up wow I did not know that Mm -hmm. so yeah that's how that started and became yes
0: it's so exciting to me because you um you popped up in my Facebook group and all of a sudden you were like laying out this business that I was like, oh my gosh, I've never, you know, you just, sometimes you just see someone's business and you're like, I need that in my life because I have scoliosis. I've, always dealt with imbalances and discomfort and that kind of stuff. And then MJ had a horse stifle as a three-year-old, my horse, MJ. And so, you know, and I got a little bit of flack of like, what what are you doing rescuing this horse that needs constant maintenance? And I'm like, well, guess what? I need constant maintenance. So like, what's the difference really at the end of the day? Um, And so we've, you know, I've been struggling with this kind of like, is it her? Is it me? How do we help us both? And I found your program and it was just like boom this is exactly what I need because it is definitely both of us and I need to learn to identify you know when is it her and when is it me and how do we fix it so I just would love it if you would speak to the importance of like why both the horse and the rider need to be balanced to work effectively together I mean so
2: I mean there is no perfect horse and there is no perfect rider. None of us have perfect movements. We're all coming from compensation issues that can start. If you go down some trains of thoughts, like as early as in the womb, how you, how you are all in the fetal position can affect your movement for the rest of your life. And you have zero control over that. So, and the same with horses. And so the more balanced the rider is, and the more out of your own way you are by not holding tension in your hip or If you do have an injury or something that causes an imbalance, the more you know how to manage it and work with it and around those um, parameters, the better you can sit in the saddle. And then the horse is also going to have its own stuff that it's bringing to the table. It can have its own... Horses can have like left side or right side can be stronger, its own movement issues. It gets kicked. This happens. That happens. Old injuries. And then... The more you can unravel that, the better you have a chance of bringing two mostly balanced things together and then hopefully creating a balanced horse and rider team. Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. Hopefully. (laughs) Ideally. Like (laughs) in the ideal world, but then real life happens and a plastic bag happens and then everything goes
1: out the window. (laughs) Right. So now that we know a bit about your business, let's talk about how you market it. What are you doing to build up your clientele now and what worked for you in the past?
2: So marketing, this is the fun part of taking (laughs) an in-person business online. And um, it's really exciting for me to hear Laura say that like this business fits something that she was looking for because I've waited 17 years to hear people say that. (laughs) Like I've been, I've been, I mean, the path is always perfect and you always get to where you're supposed to be. And in 17 years, I have learned so much more than if I would have became a equine massage therapist when I was 17 and I've got a much bigger toolbox and I can help a lot more. um, I've got a lot more experience underneath my belt, but like, yeah, I've been waiting for this industry to catch up with me here for a long time. So this is super exciting, but for marketing, um, it is still the horse world. And that's an interesting thing to deal with because it is very much word of mouth, referrals. Um, and then you've got the online Facebook and that marketing world, which is also coming up, and all obviously horse businesses are on there, and that's obviously how I found Laura. But there's a lot I find there's a lot of um not really resistance, but almost like gunshyness to people promising crazy results. So I stay away yep. from that, and I, I'm i working mostly on getting very solid in what I do, how I can help people. I know my work stands for itself. Well, like, it stands the test of if people actually do the work, it works. But I am still kind of stuck in the old-fashioned, like, Let me build a referral-based business. Let me, like, one-off where I would like to shift away from that. But I kind of feel like it's balancing an industry that's not really there yet with tools that are way past that. Not sure if that makes a whole lot of
0: sense. It does. And I think it speaks to something interesting that a lot of people, you know, are feeling. And the fact of the matter is you should and can have both. You know what I mean? Like, at the beginning, when you don't have a huge audience and when you're still working out, word of mouth and referrals are going to be how you grow quickly. But then five years from now, you want to be able to say, doors are open. And yes, bam, everyone jumps in. Cart's closed. We're done. Yeah. We're full. Um, and that's yeah. uh, like, I think people get frustrated in their first couple of years when they don't see it happening quickly and so that's where you know you should have multiple ways of getting clients for your business and you can mm-hmm. you can have all of that yeah yeah I
2: don't think I'll ever lose you know referrals because referrals are awesome because then people show up and they're ready to work with you because they've had they've heard good things and they kind of know your style and but yeah mostly I'm just focusing now on educating people and then showing it works because yeah. I can prove you know like here's how this works and just giving them almost giving away more than I'm selling. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, I have also learned people really don't implement on their own. So Mm -hmm. I lost the fear around that a little while ago. And that's definitely changed
1: my marketing. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I've noticed that too. I always worried about giving too much away for free, but they're still going to always know to come back to you because they know that, you know what you're talking about and they need that little more pusher, that incentive to really push it forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had like, I can't give everything away. I can't talk about all this stuff. And then once I did, it did shift a lot of things because they're still going to have questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly. And that access to you and that feedback is worth so much. And people undervalue what that's worth but it's insane. The access to like, okay, so I can take your freebie and go out there and like print it out and throw it down in the dirt by my feet and look at it while I'm working with the horse, but that I'm going to have 10 questions while I'm doing that. And if I'm paying you, I feel totally comfortable hopping into your inbox and saying, Hey, I did this and this happened. Why?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And that's the yeah. time. So valuable.
2: Yeah. That, and then like you also get, I've learned, too, with giving away stuff, sometimes they don't always turn into clients because it works. But they're so happy with what you did, they will end up telling more people. Yes. (laughs) I had one trainer take the general stretches that we just started that group with. He took those stretches, and he went from being the bottom of his class to consistently placing in the top three. Only thing he changed was he started stretching his horse. He never paid me anything. And then he ended up paying, he ended up working with me long term, and we d- did have a good, um, we ended up doing some specific stuff. But he told so many people about me that I got, like, it ended up being basically referral business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And even that is like, okay, so yeah, one person did it, but every, like, it's all how it works out. And I don't know, I guess it's a lot of getting away from the fear that people aren't going to pay you mm-hmm. if you do one thing.
0: Yes. So, We kind of want to, you're doing an excellent job at this in this episode, but I really want to, like, we're talking to people with, who are at massively different stages in business, and I kind of want to show people how you're always going to have a challenge in your marketing. You're always going to be facing something that you're trying to overcome. So can you kind of share with us what your biggest challenge in your marketing is today with where you're at?
2: Um, Overcoming my own brain? (laughs) <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> challenge number one um, <laughs> um, I'm kind of stuck in this weird thing where I want to provide more educational content to do the marketing I also need to find the time to write it but I'm letting go of that but marketing c- implementing systems and structures that work for me and mm-hmm. feel great and then um, the whole transition from what is mostly seen as an online or offline business in person with the yoga and horse massage and all this hands-on stuff, transitioning it into something that actually works really well online and getting people to understand that they can do this themselves. Um, that's, because most people hear yoga and stuff, they're like, oh, in person, when are your classes? And where can I come? And then they find out, like, they're in Australia and I'm in North Carolina, and that's not going to work. And they're resistant (laughs) to the online. So that's kind of, even though that's not really marketing per se, um,
0: for me, that's kind of where I'm at It it is. It's total marketing. Marketing is creating a story and a rhetoric that you can, you know, that's your challenge, is overcoming that misconception. Like, no, actually, you can open up your computer, you can be in your pajamas. You can roll right out of right? bed and hop on the yoga mat. Like, that's what I love. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not going anywhere
2: to work out. That's for sure. uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much where it is. Like that, that and then breaking down everything that's in my head into stuff yeah. that people can understand and um, implement and, like, remembering. Like, I loved your input the other day, like, or, yeah, in the group about, the tension and stuff because I honestly forgot that that's something people have to learn
0: right yeah when you and do I'm something like, for right, so, so long <laughs> yeah. I went from MJ out to the horse rescue and felt like 15 horse butts and was like what feels different what is this okay do you have a lump like what,
2: <laughs> I, I'm so what I always go side to side I'm, I'm like is this side the side is this side the same yeah. as this other side like we used to do that on helicopters because they're all dual system if you're not sure what this side's supposed to be go check the other side and you'll find Either they're both wrong or you got one right answer. So go figure, like, like, oh, this side feels like this. Okay, that. And then you eventually just learn and your hands know. But the biggest part of that, as with so many things, including marketing, is to turn off your brain to not overthink it.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. You always have to think about who you're really trying to go after and let, uh, helps me a lot is like, I created like a lens statement. It's really weird. It's just like a small statement on like who I'm focusing on and how I'm helping them. And then when I get stuck, I try to go back to that and really focus in on what I said and then create my content around that. So that usually helps me a lot.
2: And that is something I resisted for so long, <laughs> but honestly it is a huge hugely helpful switch and like every program I create has a different focus and mm-hmm. a different audience that I'm talking to so mm-hmm. it does help that has helped me a lot mm-hmm. and then also I just randomly decided to do lives with my horse and she she's got the, the camera thing down kind of and that works great too because do a live with a horse and you'll learn a lot about it
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes So, yes, just think about all the performers that do it at the shows. I'm sure they get really good at improv. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's like, okay, this is what we're doing now.
1: Yeah. Um, So now that we've talked about what's most challenging, what do you think has been the most successful marketing campaign you've ever done?
2: Honestly, it would be this last one that I just opened up for effective stretching. Um, I don't really ever consider anything I've done a campaign, but I guess they always have been. Mm -hmm. Um, I have always filled programs – Enough to where I don't consider any of them failures. However, I would always, you know, like, oh, I always could have gotten more people in. But this one was definitely the best feeling one. Mm -hmm. And. Mostly because I was so grounded in what I was doing and I when I showed up without thinking about how can this make me a sale and just how can I educate people about how this can help them. There was a definite definite difference. In the
0: responses, shout that loud, please. <laughs> that is the it, right there. That is it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I even found myself, I could be right, okay, I need to get one person in this program today. And I'm like, no, what do people need to hear about this today? What do I feel like talking about? And I'd usually, that would be like, I would, there would be a huge difference in the engagement.
1: I love that.
0: All right, so now is our halfway break segment in the podcast where we like to do a pony update. So this is our fun part of the podcast where we're talking business, we're talking horse industry, but we are all here because we love horses. So, Lacey, tell us about your horses, what you do with them, why you love them, a fun horse story. Give us all the goods on your horses.
2: All right, well, I currently only have one horse that I just picked up. Uh, her oh, name's Lily. You see her in some of my videos now. Actually, all of them, because she, when she decided that I was going to be her new owner, she unwillingly volunteered, or unwittingly volunteered, to be my guinea pig. And sometimes she wonders why. But she's an off-the-track thoroughbred. She's six. I call her my my yearling six-year-old though, because she acts like a two-year-old and she kind of looks like <laughs> one. She came off the track at some point last year. She won some money series of events that I'm not very clear on landed her in a kill pin. She Hmm. got out of that. And then she's been out for like eight to 10 months, found me. Um, And so she's RRP eligible for next year. So that's low key on my radar, which is something totally different from this ranch raised rodeo type person um, to be dealing with thoroughbreds. And I figured it's just time for me to learn whatever this has to go. And other than that, I've always had horses or been involved in them somehow. But that's my current horse. She's an only child besides my dog. So
0: for those of us who are not super familiar with the thoroughbred world, what's RRP?
2: Retired Racehorse Project. It's where thoroughbreds oh, that have been on the track. Um, it's a big show in Kentucky. There's all different disciplines from the typical like retraining to just dressage, eventing. Trail, competitive trail riding, uh, barrel racing, like there's all these different and then all the different disciplines and then the top five in each one go for the top like one and then there's an overall winner or whatever. I'm not real sure about it either because it's like a new thing on my
0: radar, but it sounds like fun. So I figured why not? Oh, my gosh. It sounds like so much fun. I know exactly which thoroughbred I would use. (laughs) I do not have time to do this.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just I just said uh, started working on a membership course for one of the gals that just competed, and I believe she just won the freestyle. Uh, Lindsay Partridge was the um, harmony horsemanship, so that was really cool. And I know, of course, I've mentioned her before on the podcast. Fallon Taylor went and did the won the barrel racing one, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like there's a lot of people that didn't even know she was doing it. But um yeah, I saw that she won. I think she was the overall winner too, but Yeah. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. a pretty good thing for um you know showing that thoroughbreds are more than just running, running in horses. circles and mm-hmm. um so yeah, it's it'll be a fun little project and other than that, I have client horses that have a ton of personality and a barn full of rehab and conditioning horses and That's pretty much it. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. You sound pretty busy if you ask me.
2: (laughs) I mean, you know,
0: it's all relative. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So before the break, we talked about your most successful campaign. And you mentioned that you've never seen a campaign as a failure. But I think what I'm really trying to get a lot of people to understand is, like, when something doesn't work out, you learn from it. And you do it again and you, you know, it's just information. It doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that your business is no good. It's information. So can you talk about one that, you know, didn't work out as you planned and kind of what you learned from that and how you continued going forward? Yeah. So when I say
2: I don't mean like, I don't consider anything as failed. I mean, I've always had at least a couple people enroll in my courses. So I consider that as success. right. Um, yes. <laughs> however, each one, that I've done, I can definitely see like the first one that I actually did where I would consider it a campaign. I used that information where I was pretty much just only posting on my timeline to my friends and family or the people that might like they might share it and somebody would see it. That was pretty much my strategy, which is awful, but it worked at the time because that's where I was at. Yeah, that's a very it, so it's not an awful strategy. It's a very limited strategy. And so the next one I did, I got, like, I started engaging an email list. I had a freebie that I think people downloaded and nobody did. Right. Um, And then I started kind of sort of posting a little bit, like, kind of put my toe out there. We're going to take some baby steps. And it worked a little bit better. And then I got a little bit more confident and I gave a freebie, but then I also told them to give me something that I need that they were specifically looking to, for help with. And I would niche it down a little bit and that worked out really well. And I still use that because then it gets people involved and said like, Oh yeah, here's a bunch of stretches that I can do. Like, Oh yeah, sure. Maybe they'll help me. Give me one thing. And Um, that has helped the engagement on my email list. So this time I like, then I had an email list, then I started posting in more groups. Then I started posting more publicly and talking about things and showing up with what I really know and not just what I thought people wanted to hear. So my, like each time I got a little bit bigger and then from this last one, I can already see where the next time I launch, it's going to be even more, expansive and organized and systematic. So there's not so much in the moment creation. Um, that's like my Achilles heel. I love in the moment creation. I need to have systems and stuff going out no matter what, because I do work with horses and some days my, my day starts and the stuff that I think is going to happen doesn't happen until 11 o'clock at night. And then I'm like, well, I kind of blew that whole day, but if I would have had something scheduled, it would have went out regardless.
0: So right. And wouldn't that... it be nice to, like, relax on the patio after that crazy day of walking that colicky horse or having an emergency back call instead of
2: exactly having so... to open up your
0: computer and work? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So now I can see, like, OK, systems and organization and all this stuff. And then when I feel like being spontaneous and in the moment, I can add that to something that's already there and being more visible in between when I'm launching a program and talking about stuff. All the time. So it's always there. And people get to do the whole know, like and trust factor a little bit better instead of just hearing one thing they like. And pe- that way people are like wanting to work with me and asking me how and not just like, oh, yeah, that sounds like what I need.
1: I'll try it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we are curious. Do you have any questions for us on how maybe we could give you some tips? Um, can we give you any advice for your marketing or your membership program?
2: I am always open to advice. <laughs> um, I've 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 kicked around a membership program. I don't know if that's the best fit for me because um, I really like the one-on-one, customizable stuff, and I don't know how to translate that to a membership. Mm-hmm but anything else you got i'm more than happy to i would love to love to hear it
1: so well, i oops, oh, go, go, go. Go, go, go. Okay. so <laughs> currently i i work on a lot of membership programs i have a lot of clients that i've built and i'm like i said i'm working on one now and they she can still she still works with one-on-one and like a lot of times if they have questions she goes straight to them um, and you can still make it very personable because um, I know it seems like it's just repetitive. I'll we'll just go throw it out there. And then but sometimes you can even add new content. It's just not a membership program that Oh, it's the content that's out there and that's going to stay up there. But you can always add more content to it or now you've seen, oh, well, this needs a little more. And you can always go back and add it or you can have options for um, different versions of things. Um, it's hard to be specific without knowing too much, but that's, well, that's, program.
2: that's good information. Cause I guess my brain, when I think of memberships, I default to like the old, very basic style that you're seeing, like the horse, I've seen it like raining and cutting is coming out with it where basically you just, your membership is a vi- library of videos mm-hmm. or like the yoga memberships where it's just like, Oh, here's a bunch of videos you get to choose from. But for okay, nine bucks, yeah. you have access to all of these. Yeah. Uh, so Which that's not really my style.
1: Yeah. yeah. So this one you can definitely like all I'm doing is completely customizing it. And um, if she comes up with another, like I'm doing trick training right now. If she comes up with another video on how she has a different technique of how she went and taught um, how to do the kiss or whatever, I will go in there and I add that video. We can even add like where you get certifications for certain levels or maybe like a cool little, oh, you got to this level or something more exciting. And it's not just kind of boring here. Watch all these videos and learn something from it. But you can give them (laughs) quizzes and such, too, to see if they actually recalled anything from that. Well, that's
2: good to know. I'll throw that in the the list of things that could be possible.
0: yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, like, I'm kind of feeling like I made out like a bandit having lifetime access to the course that I just bought from you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yes. Wait. I, I didn't quite know
0: how to effectively
2: communicate that the people that jumped on this the first round were going to get the most amount of value because the first time you hear something it's Greek, the second time you kind of might know what's going on, the third time you're like, oh, this is starting to make sense. Right. So every exactly. time I run it, you guys get it a little bit more. <laughs>
0: And so, you know, the next time you do it, maybe you say, okay, this is like the five-week intensive, and then if you want to, you know, a continual, like maybe a new flow every month or something like that, you can convert those people who did your five-week program, loved it, and want more of you into an ongoing membership where you give them a new new exercises, you know, just some kind of new value every month and you hang out. And, you know, when I go live in my group coaching program, when I do trainings in my group coaching program, it's live. So it's a membership. They pay monthly. But I'm showing up live and they show up live and they ask questions and they send me links. And, like, they get a lot of one-on-one feedback by showing up live. It's not just, like, a stranger on the other end of the computer. There's a ton of one-on-one. And that's the amazing capability of, Facebook allowing us to use their groups and it being completely free is that you can have like it is group and it is membership, but you can have a ton of one-on-one touch while you do that.
2: That makes sense. Speaking of your lives, I almost fell off a ladder listening to your live the other yes, last night, speeding the cats, and I got so into what you were saying I forgot to hold on to the ladder. Good thing I have <laughs> balance. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, there's that core strength. <laughs> I'm really glad you're getting into it but please don't die <laughs> oh I won't <laughs> I got several lives we're good but I was laughing I was like seriously Lacey you just got so into a live that you forgot you were climbing down a ladder
0: that's <laughs> oh <my gosh>, great
2: <laughs> but yeah and I guess with marketing too the only advice I would probably be looking for especially if I could you know like if you can rewind because hindsight's 2020. Right. 20 um, how to show up I think there's always got to be the confidence in your work and nobody else can give that to you. But how do you show up confidently when you're just like starting out or you're bringing in new ideas to an industry that might be a little bit set in its ways, kind of starting to change? Like, how does that mark? How do you start out? How do you start? That's always a good spot to begin.
0: I think you rip the Band-Aid off and do it. Yeah. You know, I used to write out my lives and tape them underneath my camera and just read them. And when you go back and watch, you can really tell that I'm doing that. <laughs> but still, but that there works. There was isn't... like a whole 10 people watching me at that point, so I didn't feel like there was a lot of pressure, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's so a good
0: point. Yeah. You just wallow around in, like, I mean, today with the podcast, and we learned like we have to do a better job timing. So there's, you just do it and you learn <laughs> and you figure it out and you change. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So this is where I take my own advice that I just gave you guys in the group where you're not looking for an outcome. You're looking for information and feedback. So there we go. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly.
1: I like to always say done is better than perfect. So I just get Uh, it done. It needs to be done. So I do it.
2: (laughs) Tell my perfectionist brain that we're working on it. Yeah, we're we're doing really well. But that little perfectionist gremlin is real.
1: Tough I have one. to remind myself that all the time. So I I, I want to tape it above my desk. Just so I don't remind myself. <laughs> yes.
0: yes. I always want to like go back and do a ton of changing to things when I've like realized I could make something better. I want to go back and fix all. And it's like, no, nobody's reading your blog post from a year ago. Like, just <laughs> leave it there. Do not go back and change that. That is a waste of your time. <laughs> Well, Lacey, you have done such an incredible job of creating a business that you know really followed your heart. You, knew, you saw that the world needed this. You knew it was going to be not the easiest thing to get out there and change people's minds and get it going, but you did it anyway. So what advice can you give to our listeners about how they can really be confident in following their hearts and creating a business that they know the world needs but they're stuck with how to deliver it or if it'll work or you know all those paralyzing questions that we ask ourselves at the beginning
2: um get out of your own way yeah that's a huge one which I still like I don't think you ever stop struggling with it if you do
0: either yeah
2: (laughs) but it's something that you learn to use to your advantage instead of letting it paralyze you um it gives you a a, a, an opportunity to look at things from a couple different perspectives without asking anybody else cuz you got them all inside your head um also find the way that what you want to do and what you know is what like your thing find the way to effectively communicate that to, that to people so i want to just teach yoga to horse riders but people like it better if i call it stretching we're stretching <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, huge difference in the engagement because yoga to people brought up all these other concepts, like mm-hmm. all this stuff. And really, I'm like, we're just stretching. That's all this program is. Can we go further? Yeah. That's another thing. And so, like, that too, like, have different entry points and just get really solid in what you do. So, your work speaks for itself because results will trump everything. And. Be personable yeah, to some extent. Like
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's all about relationships and talk to people without wanting or expecting anything and go out and network or stay in and network. However you want to network in a way that feels good to you, but just get consistent. The one thing I do wish I would have done like, I don't know, five years ago when I started wanting to go online is started consistently showing up then. Yeah. However, you can always start now. Like Exactly. Yes. It's all good. So yeah. you start where you're, start now, but just start showing up and see what happens. I don't know. That's such a hard question. I don't know why that question's so oh, hard. I think you, no, that was great.
0: Yeah. You hit all nails on the head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know.
1: <laughs> that was, I don't know. Tangents. <laughs> So before we go, tell us about the transformation that you want your clients to go through when they work with you.
2: Um, without getting too complicated, I guess I want the horses and the humans to go from aching to amazing is like the simplest way I I can put it. Whatever amazing is for them. I don't care if it's a trail ride. I don't care if it's walking around the arena. I don't care if you want to be, if you're a Grand Prix jumper, you're going like I've I've touched all types of human and horse athletes and bodies are bodies, muscles are muscles, whatever you want, let's figure it out. But my biggest thing that I'm realizing that I want to create in people is connection, not only to their horse, cause that's important and that's where we're going, but connection to themselves and to their mm-hmm. own bodies. Because if you can't check into what's going on with you, the check into another living animal is going to be different. So then also suppleness, um, suppleness is huge for what my work is going right now.
1: I love that. I remember going to a chiropractor uh, or even a deep tissue massage guy. And he's like, it's always you horseback riders that come in and you start, we start pushing up on you and you're like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? And you're just like, no, it doesn't. But you can tell that it's all out of whack. It's just because we're so used to beating ourselves up and we never are supple or really connect into our bodies. So no, and the guys-
2: bo- body's, are amazing at how much they will rearrange themselves to get the job done
1: mm-hmm.
2: ah. and that's something that like horses will do that because they're a prey animal
1: mm-hmm. of
2: course riders will do that because we know the work never stops and there's no excuses so mm-hmm. like the animals still have to be fed they can't live in dirty stalls well so for the most part you know the mm-hmm. like but yeah so your body's will. little create a lot of compensation patterns and you don't even know they're there because they just become your new operating normal. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: releasing all that and everything and it,
1: yeah, both the horse yeah. and the human. Yeah. Now I definitely go and I definitely make sure I take care of my body. Cause I know it. If like we've been talking about, it just makes me a better rider and a better person for my horse.
2: Yeah. And mindset. Um, <laughs> my, my work is starting to evolve more into the mental stuff after mm-hmm. working on the physical. Cause the more I interact with people and their horses, the more I see that the calmer you can be mentally and mm-hmm. emotionally, the better the horse reacts because mm-hmm. you're no longer reacting. You're giving the horse something to respond to instead of this uh, massive energy mm-hmm. outburst that they just think means run because we're going to die. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably be rolling out some mindset meditation. Oh,
1: that'll be great. I always yeah. say the reason I get to the barn is- is- Yeah, I go to the barn because it keeps me in the present now and just my mindset completely changes as soon as I go to the barn. I block everything else out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's so great for that.
0: That's what got me into horses is I was in grad school and grad school is not going well and I found this horse rescue (laughs) and I'm like, oh, I'm literally fearing for my life when I'm working with these horses. So I'm not thinking about the fact that I have to write a thesis or do research. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about how I get yeah. cramped and dying. And that is what, like, it was just amazing for me that, you know, I didn't have that mind control to sit down and meditate and take care of it on my own, but I could go out and be forced to concentrate on something. And it was huge. It completely changed my life.
2: So it's funny that you say that because I've been tossing this around for a long time. Is that, and like I mentioned it earlier. Horses are pretty much yoga because yoga means union and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you Mm -hmm. think about it, we're practicing yoga every time we're with horses. Yeah, we are. And the meditation is there. It's all there. We're already doing stuff that people do go spend hours on their mats trying to find. Mm -hmm. So for me, the yoga for horse riders thing is more figuring out how to make you more able to be present and able to do what you love doing comfortably I'm not really trying to get you into all this other stuff just more tools to get you doing what you're doing already Mm -hmm. right
0: yeah I feel like I I get to the barn and I pull MJ out and I like as I'm brushing her like I can just feel myself unloading all whatever crap that has happened during the week of the day onto her And that's not even fair, you know, it's not fair for me to use her like that. So if I could learn to unload all that crap in the car as I'm going out, we would be starting out so much better.
2: Yes, yes, there's yes, I there's some stuff, a post coming out with the emotional horse. Horses are able to read emotions article that's going around and I'm like, and this is why you need to learn to manage them before you get on their back. Yeah, because mm, I've yes. been there. I've done that. I've been 16 and I've been angry and I've been loping my horse in circles, getting nowhere because A, we're loping in a circle and B, I'm so mad I can't right. get anywhere with my horse. She's terrified. Mm. So I've been there like <laughs> yes. and now that I'm on the other side of that and I've started with all these other things that like life basically was like, oh, you want to work with horses? as well. So we're going to kick you down this path and then we're going to toss you down that one. And here you go. Now you got it figured out, kind of. And uh, it's totally different interacting with horses now.
0: It's fun. So. Yeah. And that's that's where we all need to work towards being. So you are about to launch a complete rebrand. And you're ready to kind of go forward with this thing. Share your yoga programs with the world. It's super exciting. I am really excited that I got in on the ground level. <laughs> and I can't wait to see where it goes. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us. Kind of where people can find you um, once the rebrand is out, where they'll be able to find you, where you're going from here, all the good things.
2: Okay, so I actually had to think long and hard about this question last night, right before this came out, because I didn't really want to put effort into it before then, because that's how I last-minute procrastination but, <laughs> yes. Um. So I am going to be doing rolling out everything, Instagram, Facebook, and a website, Dark Horse Yoga Studio, mostly for this work because it just encompasses everything so well. And I do like that. And then I'll always have my own personal Facebook private page. And then my Instagram that I'll always be sharing stuff on because this is who I am. Like I cannot separate mm-hmm. what I do from who I am. Or I mean, I fell down a Google rabbit hole on gut health and lameness. It's a thing. Now I know more last night and this is what I do for fun. And oh then, my um, gosh. Yeah, I'll also be um, upping my freelance game, which I will be doing under Lacey Lawwalker. But that won't necessarily correspond with the yoga studio, although it will be horse and health related. But for this stuff, Dark Horse Yoga Studio, you can find me across everything. And if you want the the personality, charmingness stuff, then my private stuff, because I'm a little, or yeah, my personal stuff, because it's a little bit more fun. But you pretty much get the same thing no matter what. So, (laughs) okay. Welcome.
0: (laughs) That is so neat. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us to record this episode. It was so much fun having you on and teaching us about your dark horse yoga studio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Yes. Thank Thank you. you. Um, It was my pleasure. It was a
1: blast. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you're ready for some extra help with the online part of your business, you can work with us. I'm April, and I own Make It Rain, where I help equine businesses gain exposure online through creating content, social media management, SEO, email marketing, video editing, and more. Let me work in your business while you can focus on your business. So don't get bogged down with trying to do all the things. Check me out on my website, makeitrain.com.
0: I'm Laura Langfit with Unbridled Content Marketing. I can help you with all your writing needs. From your website to your social media posts, I love to write, and if I were to take a wild guess, I'd imagine that you don't. Check out my Facebook group. It's called Must Love Horses, Small Business, Social Media, and Content Tips. You can get to know me more there. Don't forget to go out there and rein in your herd.